Welcome to the Point of Impact podcast with Rick McDaniel. Thanks for joining us today. Get ready to be inspired and motivated to live a high-impact life. Now, here's Rick. Welcome to another episode of the Point of Impact podcast. It's great to have you joining us again today. And if you've been a regular listener, I hope you subscribe. That way you can just get the podcast delivered every Friday to you. And if you are a regular listener, we'd love to have you write a review and say some positive things about this podcast because we're always looking to add listeners and grow. Maybe say something on social media, on Instagram or Twitter, Facebook, whatever it might be. Talk about this podcast, talk about what episode you've enjoyed and what's helping you. Really appreciate that. We're continuing in this series of talking about styles from my book, You Got Style, How Discovering your personal style impacts your faith and your finances and so much more and just your family. And we're going to do a little bit of the more today. We're going to talk about work in just a moment. But again, I just encourage you to pick up a copy of the book because at the end of every chapter are these inventories that you can take. So if you could get a copy of the book, then you could go through the inventory based on the episode that you listened to or chapter that you read. By the way, you can get a signed copy going to rickmcdaniel.com. Hardcover or softcover, be happy to sign a copy for you. And the price includes shipping. You can also, of course, get it on Amazon or Barnes & Noble and all kinds of other places where they sell books. You can get an ebook version of it. And the audio book is coming out very soon. So any way you want to get the book, you can get it. But the the physical copies are good because they have the inventories right there built in. So I, I just encourage you to pick up the book as we continue to talk about some of these particular themes. And today, you know, we're going to talk about work. We've talked about learning and about styles, financial styles, now work styles. And, you know, work is, is a big deal because we all have to do it. U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics says that uh, by the time you're 40 years old, you've held 10 jobs. That's pretty amazing. If you think about that. You know, that's a lot of jobs in a short period of time. And I think part of the reason for that is because you're not finding the right job. You're not finding the, the job that fits your work style. And that's what we're going to talk about today and, and do our best to try to help you so that you can overcome what may be a standing in the way of your fulfillment. How do you, how do you think about like work, you know, what, what is your mentality about it? You know, some people, some people see work as like a, a necessary evil. They don't really want to work. They don't really even like it. They don't have a very positive attitude about the nature of value of work. They just know work is necessary in order to have money and survive. So, you know, they work. Some people see work as a cruel master. They really just do their job because it's required of them. They have a boss. They have responsibilities. They'd rather be doing other things. They could be having fun, but instead they have to work. I mean, that's how they think about it. This kind of mentality sees work as, excuse me, <clears throat> sees work as hard. Work is hard. It's a hard master. It's a cruel master. And there's really nothing that they, they can do about it. I mean, that's one way to, to, to look at work. And again, the purpose of this podcast is to keep you from thinking that way. And in fact, help you to discover your work style so that you don't think that way about work. Now, other people, their job really defines them. I mean, they're good at their work. It makes them feel important. And so everything in their life revolves around their job. So they really don't have any life work balance. 
And that's not necessarily healthy either. You got to find the right place and the right role based on your work style. Now, I don't know what you think about work in terms of, you know, God's perspective on it. But, you know, God, right back in the beginning of the Bible, in Genesis chapter 2, in verse 15, it says, The Lord God took man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work. That work has been a part of, of you know, what, what we do from the very beginning. God's a worker, and he wants us to work, and he wants us, in fact, to partner with him in work so that we can do something that God wants to get done in this world. God's given us the responsibility to work on caring for this earth and caring for each other. We're in partnership with him to help carry out his plan and purpose for this world. And he has multiple plans and purposes he's trying to accomplish, and God uses each of us. The grocer supplies the food. The lawyer brings justice. The homemaker nurtures the children. The teacher educates. I mean, God uses all kinds of people in different ways. And it's good to be in partnership with God and find your particular role based on your work style. It's good to work in a factory because people need stuff and somebody's got to make it. It's good to be in the IT field because we live in a world that's so computer dependent. It's good to work in an office because business has got to get done. Orders have to be taken. Sales have to be closed. Goods have to be delivered. Who's going to do that? All this work is important and necessary. And all work done with ethics and integrity ultimately glorifies God. In the Gospel of John chapter 5, 17, it says that my father is always at his work to this very day, and I too am working. These are the words of Jesus. So what Jesus is saying to us is, uh, God's a worker, and so am I. And so are all of us. Work isn't a curse. It's not bad. It is not a cruel master. Work is something that God created for us to do. It's not, you know, who we are, but it's a part of who we are. And it's an important part. Whatever your job, you're working in partnership with God to achieve whatever it is that God wants done. We have a role. We have a place. And you never know how what you're doing may end up impacting other people's lives in a positive way. So finding the right place, you know, finding the right role, discovering your work style is crucial for you to have a fulfilled life. To be the right person for the right assignment makes all the difference. And you, in order to do this, you have to identify your work style. Your work should be what you want to do, not what you have to do. What you feel needs to be done, not what others expect to be done. When your work style is matched with your work role, you will find incredible self-fulfillment. Discovering your work style leads to true self-acceptance. You'll feel good about who you are. And you work in a way that you feel most comfortable. And this kind of discernment of your work style, what it does is it releases your natural energy. It allows you to maximize your production. Doing what you want to do rather than what you have to do makes a big difference in your performance. In fact, doing something else besides your job is actually not appealing because your job energizes you. Because you're working within your work style. Once you determine your work style, then it's easy to find the, the right position for you. 
you recognize immediately and accurately the role that will bring you the greatest fulfillment. Functioning on the right team where your style is the right fit leads to increased unity and performance. The amount of time, money, and energy saved by identifying your work style is enormous, both to you and to your employer, by the way. Jim Collins, who wrote the book, Built to Last and Good to Great, I mean, really fantastic business books. Here, here's his mantra, get the right person in the right seat on the right bus, and that's exactly what this is about getting the right person in the right seat on the right bus. And that's about work style. It's about discovering your work style, determining the role that suits your work style, and then working in that role in the right organization, in the right place. And that will lead to success. It will help you and it will help others. It is tremendously helpful if everyone knows their work style. It can Increase performance, decrease burnout, and turnover in any organization. And understanding how you and your coworkers differ in terms of your work style will create a healthy environment where you can support one another. They're on the same team. Frustrations are lessened. Respect is enhanced. Appreciation for the style of each person makes for a more harmonious workplace. And work styles now are different from work strengths. You, you know, you may have taken the Strengths Finder, for instance, or other tools maybe somewhere in your work journey. The Strengths Finders was the Gallup researchers doing studies and interviews and surveys for like over 10 years and uncovering 34 key patterns of what they would call feeling, thought, and behavior, and then giving them these particular names like relator and visionary achiever. These themes identify a person's talents and strengths, and, and you know, this is very positive information. I mean, I'd encourage you to learn, learn about that, but that's not the same as your work style. Identifying your strengths is valuable, but it's not the same as identifying your work style. Bob Beale is the one who developed what was first called the role preference inventory and later became known as the team profile to help people and organizations find the best role for a person to fit in the work environment. And these roles are, are what I call styles, work styles. There are five of them, and determining your work style is crucial. So let's, let's look at these five work styles. The first is the designer style. This means that a person finds an ideal job where they can totally design a new, unique approach to a problem and provide a solution. They want to start from scratch with original ideas and models and concepts they think more theoretically than practically. They want to focus only on one project at a time, but they will have many projects within a year. And then other people on the team are the implementers. So the designer sees change not as good or bad. They just see it as the, the, the byproduct of their creative ideas. When they face a new situation or problem, they ask, why does the idea or product work the way it does? 
So it's, it's just a part of their internal makeup. A designer is the kind of person that would love to hear somebody say, you're brilliant, your brain amazes me, you're the only person to think of this solution. That's, that would get them jazzed. They're, they're not able to think about original ideas um, in terms of others, you know, others, they have ideas, you know, they're, they're uh, frustrated if people try to keep them from using their ideas. Designer likes words like ideal and original and essence and genius. Their natural energy really will drop when the problem's been solved. I mean, they, they need something new. They need something new in order to, to, uh, to be motivated. They, they prefer abstract ideas and, and theories. And so it's just important to understand if, you're, if this is your style, that you're going to fit in a particular place on the team in the, in the beginning phase, in the idea phase. You work with people, well, yes, if each person has a different role, you don't want somebody else to be in that role that you're in. And so a designer is crucial for team success in, in, in any organization. Absolutely crucial. Now, the next work style is the designer developer. So a designer developer style wants to see the practical application of the theoretical idea. They want to see a prototype or a solution to a problem implemented. Now, ideally, they'd have their idea, their original idea, be the one and the resources to make it happen. They're happiest when they can see an idea applied in a workable way. They can work on more than one project at a time, unlike a designer. They view change as an opportunity to, to execute their ideas, anticipate change, take advantage of it to create a model for what they would consider to be a, a better reality. When faced with a new problem or situation, they naturally wonder about the steps to take and the order in which to take them. See, that's, that's the difference between a designer and a designer developer. They'll develop a, a big picture vision and then how the, the pieces fit in that are needed. The compliment that they like is your wise. You can always see the big picture. Your wisdom impacts the direction of our team. And that's the kind of compliment they would enjoy hearing. If you have this work style, that, that's, what, that's what jazzes you. The designer developer is frustrated by situations where they, they can't influence practical change. They, they, they are reluctant sometimes to trust others with ideas or solutions. Sometimes this means they wait too long to hand them off to the person responsible for implementation. They like words like prototype and process and big picture and long range. They really begin to lose energy when the prototype of the original idea is like 85% completed. 
They're energized by the process, taking idea from a blank sheet of paper, making it work for the first time. At that point, they're ready to kind of hand it off to someone else to further implement it. It's important to, to understand that if this is your particular style and to understand how it is that you relate to other people who have different styles than you do. Being able to appreciate, again, the role of the designer as opposed to you as the designer developer and the other roles that we'll talk about here. Third work style is the developer style. So you have the designer, the designer, developer, developer. You see how this works, how these you know overlap to a certain degree. Developers take a model or solution that's already been designed and they make it successful. The developer prefers working on someone else's great idea. You know, they would say things like, why recreate the wheel? They, they like working on an existing model and a clear goal. They see making the idea success within a given time frame as the challenge that they enjoy. The developer has seen the model work initially and wants to get the project off the ground. They work on only one major project at a time, though it may have several different moving parts. And once the project is up and running or the solution has been initially implemented, then they move on. They move on to the, to the next project. The developer sees change as, as a new challenge. And frankly, gets bored at work without it. And is that you? Does that describe the way you, you see change? It's, it's so important to understand yourself. And how do you view change? When facing a new challenge or issue, they intuitively ask, how can we get this project off the ground? What proven strategies can we adopt from somewhere or someone else? They like risk. They, they enjoy risk. In fact, if there is no risk, they'll probably create it. Developers enjoy receiving this kind of compliment. You're courageous. You tackle projects that would intimidate most people. You accept a new challenge and are successful in achieving your goal. That's the kind of compliment that a developer likes to hear. The greatest frustration for a developer is when there are no clear roadblocks that present them from achieving their goal. In other words, on an ideal day, a day they, they want to use words like impact, motivate, success, challenge. It's funny, but they really don't mind the, the roadblocks. They, they see them as they are, challenges. The developer will lose natural energy when the project has gone on for too long. An ideal project range would be, say, three months to a maximum of two years, depending on complexity. Long enough to get it going, you know, get it working, have it moving, then delegate it to someone else for refinement and maintenance. They're not maintenance guys or gals. Individuals with this work style are people who see other developers in, in, a, in really in a, a kind of a competitive light because they, you know, they see them as wanting to kind of do the same thing that they're doing. So it's important to understand yourself and understand, you know, if you've got this kind of work style, to understand that you really enjoy seeing things get accomplished and overcoming what stands in the way of getting that accomplished. 
The designer, you know, kind of initially gets it going. The designer developer takes it and moves it along, but you take it to the next level. You take it farther than others take it. And if that describes you, then that's your work style. And it's just vitally important to understand that about yourself. And again, apply that to whatever your work situation is. Because these principles apply across a wide variety of work, not just a, a job where they're, you know, trying to build prototypes. Don't, don't limit yourself that way. All jobs require new ideas, creative problem solving, new initiatives in one way, shape, or form, better ways to do things. Call it what you like, whether it's, you know, landscaping or how to build a better widget. It doesn't matter. There's always ways to do things better, more efficiently, more effectively. And that's what that's where the process begins in that sort of designer role, that style. And then again, it moves its way through. So the next style is the developer stabilizer. Now the developer stabilizer sees the potential of a project, but sees the practical problems that exist in the implementation. The opportunity to take a great model and prove upon it is what the developer stabilizer enjoys most. They're going to make it better. They didn't come up with it. They weren't maybe in the initial design, but they feel like they know a way to make it better. Refining already developed ideas so that the end result is the best possible outcome. Working on one project at a time, striving to improve it, to refine it, to maximize it. And then once that's accomplished, move on to the next project. So for a de developer stabilizer, it, it change is necessary, but somewhat stressful because they would prefer a, a gradual change. Question would be, you know, how can I maps, maximize the situation? What can we do to improve the results? How can we eliminate the roadblocks and make sure this reaches its full potential? That's the kind of thinking of a developer stabilizer. Does that resonate with you? They evaluate risk carefully. They believe most risk can be avoided by doing enough research. The compliment they would like is you're faithful. You make things better. You get the job done. You're most responsible with the great results we've achieved on this project. That's the kind of words that they would like to hear. The developer stabilizer is frustrated when they believe that there's a lot of potential and it's being wasted. When they have to move from one project to the next before they can refine and maximize the results of the existing project. They don't want to move on. Loose ends and uncompleted details do not sit well with the developer stabilizer. I mean, they'll be up at night. Words like improve and refine and debug and cost effective. These are, the, these are the kind of words that a developer, a stabilizer would use and, and, and likes to hear. They can keep their energy level up for a fairly long period of time. They're willing to put the time in, maybe four, even four or five years, to get the best possible results. They will stick with it until it gets the results that they think it should have. You can see the value of this work style. 
in a given work environment. And the fifth work style is the stabilizer style. The ideal assignment for a stabilizer is a project that's running smoothly and needs to be kept on point. The stabilizer, they want to make everything as efficient as possible so the entire team benefits. Whereas the developer stabilizer is more task-oriented, the stabilizer is more people-oriented. Oh, huge, huge insight right here. The stabilizer is loyal to the team, committed to maintaining quality, enjoys working with ideas that are practical rather than theoretical, looks to organize, to, to monitor efficiency, to keep things under control, Likes to work with one major project at a time, though, you know, again, it may have several different parts to it. Stabilizer sees change as something to be highly controlled, very uncomfortable with too much change. Is that you? Or change that happens too quickly? Faced with a problem or a new situation, the kind of question that a stabilizer is going to ask would be how can we get this project under control or regulate the solution? How can we keep this project running smoothly? The stabilizer views risk as something to be avoided if at all possible. Better to be conservative and secure ra rather than risky and uncertain. This is the stabilizer's mentality. So a compliment, the kind of compliment that this the stabilizer style person would like would be you're loyal. You're one of the most dedicated people on the team. You keep everything running well. Everything's in order. Your team always seems to be so devoted. Those are the kind of compliments for a stabilizer. They're frustrated by situations where things are not in control, where an inefficiency becomes routine or is accepted. Stabilizers, not comf comfortable at all with that. And they don't like constantly changing plans or when procedures are forced on them. They love words like efficiency, maintenance, routine, predictable. A stabilizer can keep their energy probably longer than any style. As long as the, the team is loyal and, and as long as they are able to make sure things run efficiently and well, man, they can stay at a job for a long, long time. Is that you? Pretty rare in this day and age in which we live, but hey, still, it's still out there. Here, here's what we know for certain. Your work's the single greatest amount of time you spend each day. I mean, that's just a fact. Your work is what provides you with the income that you need to live. Another absolute fact. So knowing your work style is crucially important to bring about the greatest satisfaction in your job. The question isn't what can you do? The question is what is the best use of your time and energy? If you're not in the right role for your style, then you need to try to move in a direction where you can get into the right role. It may mean another position on your team. It may mean another department. It may mean a new company. It may mean a new job. You might have to experiment some to find, you know, the right role, the right place. But at some point, a role will emerge as the best fit for you. And you will work the way that you want to work. And you will be fulfilled 
like you never have been fulfilled before. It's a marvelous place to be when you find, you know, the right, the right role, the right place for you to use your style to it's again, you've got your strengths, yes, and then your style and you put them all together. And, you know, it becomes something where you, you can perform at your highest level. It will bring you the greatest satisfaction. And that's the goal. If you're going to spend the most time in your life on your job, and if it's actually absolutely crucial to your livelihood and your ability to have money to do things you want to do in this world, then you can see how vitally important it is to make sure that you understand your work style and that you sync up your work style with the best possible place for you to work. And I hope that you'll do that because the result is going to be fantastic. You've been listening to the Point of Impact podcast with Rick McDaniel. Thanks for tuning in, and we look forward to you joining us for our next episode.